It must be Thursday. Welcome to Learning Unwrapped, the podcast about your most important life skill, learning. My guest today is a former principal with whom I had the pleasure to collaborate in my company's work as a professional development provider. I was always intrigued by the complex and large Lego creations he had in his office. Well, after 35 years in the profession, he retired in June of 2021 from his last position as a principal at the Felix V. Festa Middle School in the Clarkstown, New York School District. Essentially, he took one day off for retirement and joined Legoland New York Resort as a guest experience host. Now, about a year later, I think, a little less than a year later, he is the admissions assistant manager there. So let's talk about Legos with my old pal, Jonathan Schatz. Hi, John. Hi, Nancy. How are you? I'm well. It's great to have you here and see you again. Thank you for having me. So let's start at the beginning. When did you develop your love of Legos? Well, I never really played with the Lego bricks or models when I was a child. And I found myself um, during my doctoral studies at Fordham University needing a break from reading and writing. My whole life as an English teacher and then um, further studies was about reading and writing. And then I received a gift of a Lego model um, as I got into my doctoral studies. All of a sudden, I found myself, after I was doing my reading and writing for my schoolwork and preparation for my day work, that I needed a break and I turned to my Lego model and I would be up for hours and I viewed it as very therapeutic. I had no reading to do, I had no writing to do, and I was creating. And I was using my imagination and I was making this masterpiece out of the Lego bricks. And um, so it was as an adult that all of a sudden I became connected, so to speak, and hooked on building Lego models as a therapy and and creation tool. That's fascinating because I was thinking about in bringing you on, I never played with Legos as a kid. And I'm thinking, well, as a child of the 50s, born in the 50s, no one would buy a little girl a Lego set back then. Well, at least no one in my circle. So I first played with Legos when I was a little bit older too, but your story is fascinating. And I think now for all doctoral students everywhere, it's like, get yourself a Lego kit. It'll calm you down. You know, I was always intrigued by those Lego models that you had in your office. So I'm thinking as a principal, how did you use those models or your love of Legos in your work as a principal with students? Well, as we all know, coming into a principal's office is often threatening for children, for parents, for teachers sometimes. And I always looked for ways to diffuse that um, uneasiness as they, as someone would come into my office. I never viewed myself as the bad guy or the ogre. I, I always wanted to make connections with the people that came into my office because I was there to help. Having the Lego models around my office, outside of my office, other parts of the school building allowed that diffusion, allowed me to connect with a child in a different way. And it wasn't about what challenges or what they may have done wrong or something like that. It was about, let's talk about something totally different, totally random, that was creative, that was storytelling, that used imagination. And that often calmed someone down 
Even adults would come in, parents would be nervous. They would see a Lego model and they, you built that? And it would start on a very different tone. And to me, that helped tremendously break a barrier, break a wall down so I could further assist and build a relationship with those that I needed to in my office. So I used it as a creative breaking barrier, build relationship type of tool around my, the setting I was in. That's fascinating. And I can see how it works. Cause I remember the first time I was in your office as a consultant and I think it was like, did you build these? Like what a great, that must've been the question that everyone asked you. And it gave you that ability to use them strategically, which is very fun. Yes. So I'm a big fan of executive function as being foundational to learning. And I wrote a book called Building Executive Function, The Missing Link to Student Achievement. Yes. So I want to toss out some critical executive function skills and have you talk about how you think building with Legos would help build these skills. You can tell any stories you want around it. Some of the executive function skills like focusing, initiating a task, working towards a goal. I think those are easy for everybody to see. But what about, here's one, holding on to information while considering other information. How would building with Legos build that executive function skill? Again, for our listeners, mm -hmm. holding on to information while considering other information. I think that's a great component that fits into Lego model building. When someone's sitting with a big kit, there's sections of a model that someone has to build and you know what the end product is going to be. So. I, as a builder, often look at the section I'm building and where is it going from here? How is this going to make this small piece, the larger piece to the larger piece to the whole model and knowing where this is in the model and how it's going to fit and connect into the bigger model is critical to really understanding how the building process is going. As someone goes further and further in their Lego model building, knowing how structures of round shapes are done with the Lego bricks to make connections, how that's going to fit into a flat surface eventually, that really helps you understand a bigger picture. You have that small task, which will fit into a larger task. And to me, that knowledge base is important to doing larger scale building models allows your mind to just trigger in different ways that I've never experienced in any other form that I've done, be it writing or reading or anything. I, even my music that's more closely related, but it's, I, I love that small component to big component reaction when building models. And I would imagine if you are uh, trying to build and you start to say, oh, I need some Lego bricks. Maybe I want to build a, a bridge over here. Mm -hmm. And you're thinking about what the current structure is and that bridge and where it's supposed to go. Now you go off and start looking for the blocks that you want. That also requires you to hold on to that information of where you were while you're out there looking at other information and the different abilities, capabilities of the blocks themselves in order to figure out how they fit back there. I don't think people realize that that particular skill holding on information while considering other information is a big skill in school. And that, you know, if you want to build that skill, buy some Lego kits because right. Lego kits would definitely help. And what's amazing when doing building. So when I first started doing the creative building away from models and I wanted to build that bridge, 
Well, I knew the basic structure of a bridge, but all of a sudden that bridge didn't hold up because what I didn't think about is that underlying support mechanism that's needed in a bridge. So what pieces of Lego would provide that support structure underneath that's not the outside facade that people would see necessarily Mm. to make that bridge strong, to make it a real structure. All of a sudden the creative juices start flowing as to what else does this need besides the picturesque kind of image? Um, You need support pieces and that's all that underlying, I need this to do this. And you're building on from there. I'm thinking too that, you know, you've mentioned the model. So you have, let's say the model with directions. So at the lowest level, let's say you could build the model, but as you develop your collection of blocks, that's where you could start saying, well, wait, I can build this model, but I want to add this or that. So that's the creativity. And that, that then starts to force more executive function, including, and I think you already touched on this, the executive function skill of creating mental images, very important in school. And obviously, based on what you've said already, you you do that a lot in building with Legos. Absolutely. I loved the ability as a teacher even to help students build mental images. As an English teacher at high school level, I used author's setting to really understand where stories were taking place. They needed to paint that picture in the world of Lego building, that mental imaging of where do you want to go? What does the final product going to look like? How is it going to connect to something is just another offshoot of that. I was a firm believer in that imaging and mental imaging concept um, from the start of my career. And I just get to continue to play with it while working with the Lego bricks and, and the Lego brand now. You've given a great example of how building with Legos can help reading skills. I mean, that is huge. I don't think people make the connections. You know, I'm a big proponent for play, preschool, play, kindergarten, play. You know, like, why do we have to start teaching what we would call these core academic skills when you can learn so much through play and build executive function, which will help you throughout your career so you can accelerate the academic skills later, but... Why not just do something like play with Lego? Now, that could be a fun school. We just play with Legos for a year and see what we learn. You can teach so much through Legos, right? You may pull me out of of this retirement (laughs) and go back and be a principal of that school. So, Have you created a mental image for your future? (laughs) All right. So now let's move on. Actually, let's talk about our youngest builders. How does building with Legos build the executive function skill of categorizing information? There's numerous types of bricks, plates that you build with. There's multitude of colors as well. You could talk to a a child about you want a certain brick that is a two by four. So then there's two across and four studs on the top. And those studs are the connectors. And they could start categorizing a one by four, a one by two, one by Mm. three. And then they could talk about a plate, which is the flat pieces that you put underneath or you use as a connector. And the flat pieces are called plates. And then you have all of the special pieces that make things pop in a model as well and, and make it come alive a little bit more. But the bricks and the plates are your standard building pieces. I've seen children Um, And I talk to them at the park even 
they show me pictures of their setup for their building. Every color is in a certain bin. Every mm -hmm. size piece is in a certain bin. That's their go-to. If anyone watches the television show, and I'm not connected to it, Lego Masters, where it's these adults building as part of teams, Lego Masters, when they go get their bricks to build their creative builds, it's all in categories. It's all by color. It's all by size. It's all by the shape as well. It's interesting that in, let's say, in preschool and even at home before students enter school and kindergarten, we do a lot of work on categorization for kids. We're always asking them, categorize this, categorize that. And then we really don't tend to teach categorization beyond that. However, again, it's a skill that you're using all through your schooling in terms of categorizing information right up through high school and then college. And as you just put it, in life, it would be fun to just buy a youngster a huge box of Lego bricks and just throw them down and see what they do with them. The masters have everything auto automatically categorized because it's going to make them more successful. And that's a skill that you can learn just by building with Lego blocks. I even had my own children. So I have twins that are now 19, but I started building my doctoral study and their birth happened around the same time. So as I was building, they would sit around me and they couldn't necessarily manipulate the small bricks, but they certainly started categorizing. I would say to them, hey, can you get me a white piece that is a one by three brick? And they would be able to pick it out as little toddlers and start handing me. Um, so that categorizing, it's never too early to start. And the Lego brick is just a natural tool. That's to a great reminder for parents as well. Build Legos around your young children and engage them in helping you find the pieces. Do you have any stories that you would like to share of your, again, I go back to that, I have a great mental image of your principal's office. Do you have any stories you'd like to share of how those Legos really impacted a student and their life? One year, I had the pleasure of being a mentor. I, I mentored many students throughout my time as a, as a principal, um, again, making connections. But I had this one young man, an eighth grader. Actually, I started with him as a seventh grader. Social skills were weak, but he was very, very smart. And he was intrigued when he would come into my office by the colors, by the models, and he was very much into animation. Once a week, he would come into my office and we would be able to take Lego models and create animation still frame movies for him. And he would use his creativity to manipulate little by little some of the Lego models in my office. He would bring some in to have them interact with what I had in my office. And he would shoot movies in my office to do this. And the world of creation for him just exploded. It was fantastic. He was very much into math and was very mathematical, a mathematic genius, really. But all of a sudden, this creative side came to life. To pull off animation, persisting in a task, which is an executive function skill, mm -hmm. you know, that has to be built. What a great story. And also the fact that the young man was in middle school, you know, middle school is such a stressful time for students. A lot of students talk to me about being so anxiety ridden. And I would imagine walking into a principal's office with Legos all around and then getting to like work with them could just make everybody chill out a little. Absolutely. And and that was always my goal when I took on the role of a school administrator. It was at the middle school level. 
And not that I had tons of interaction with my middle school principal or assistant principal when I was growing up, but it was because it was a threatening place in my mind. And I, I think many viewed that principal, assistant principal's type office as threatening place. And that's not who I wanted to be or represent. Most of the time it was, I needed to find a way to connect and help and move forward with a, a young person to make better decisions and, and find a different path in decision-making. And, and perhaps Legos could be the answer to building social and emotional learning skills. Oh, I think so. That's for another podcast. All right, let's move on to uh, Legoland New York Resort. Terrific. Go ahead and brag. Tell us all about it. Oh, so uh, Legoland New York Resort in Goshen, New York, Orange County, New York. We're about an hour, 20 minutes, hour and a half away from Midtown Manhattan. We are situated on 500 acres of property. Only 150 acres are currently being used. We also have a fully themed 250 room hotel right on the resort. Every single room, they're fully decked out and the theme they pick, be it a kingdom theme, pirate theme, Lego friends theme or Lego Ninjago theme. That theme is there. The whole hotel is colorful. Um, We have 15,000 Lego models throughout the whole resort. Over 30 million bricks make up the resort. We had our official opening last July of 2021, a shorter season than a normal seasonal theme park. This year, we reopened the park April 8th, and we are excited to welcome guests throughout this, this season. We will be open through the Christmas holidays. The week after Christmas holiday is our, our calendar goes through this year. So a full season of fun, adding a water playground this year to the park and um, some new pathways, some new shows. We're very excited to welcome guests. We had our spring break opening and welcomed thousands of guests into the park. Had a great time. Um, Some days cold, some days too hot, you know, the April weather. For the first time, we're gonna have a 4th of July celebration, red, white, and boom. Um, (laughs) We'll be open to 10 o'clock. We'll be offering, we'll have fireworks show. First time we're having fireworks at the park as well. Real fireworks or blocks blasting? No, nope, real fireworks. <laughs> Remember, we are geared to ages 2 to 12. That's our focus group. And it's about storytelling. It's about creativity. It's about being immersed in the world of the Lego brick and Lego models to just open eyes and ears to creative thinking, storytelling, imagination comes alive. The different themes are lands, correct? Yes, absolutely. So we have Bricktopia, where everything is wild and every ride has a, a theme connected to it. We have our the one and only Lego adventure ride in Bricktopia area. It tells you the story and the history of the brick building. And at the very end, cool. there's a little surprise where everyone in the cart riding in on the ride gets turned into a minifigure. Like I have minifigures on my badge here. Now it's not a surprise anymore. You just gave it away. That's, but you don't know which type of minifigure. Oh. I've been on the ride multiple times and I've always been a different minifigure. At the end. Oh, interesting. So, um, and then so you can build minifigures. Do you think eventually you will have a perhaps nerd land for us adults <laughs> who get into uh, building Lego models? We have adults that are just as excited seeing the Lego models throughout the park as the children are in an area of the park called Miniland, which is really the center hub of all of the Lego lands around the world. 
you could go from all the boroughs of, of New York and including a model representation of Goshen, but you go through all of the boroughs of New York with replica buildings all made out of the Lego brick models. It's our master builders that have put this massive, we have over 22 million bricks just in Miniland alone. And you can see the five boroughs and you go down to Washington, D.C. and Boston and Philadelphia to Chicago. We have Mount Rushmore out of Lego bricks that sing to us. Grand Canyon, Las Vegas, California, all represented. So and it, that it sounds like that would give people a lot of ideas for what they could then go home and build. Absolutely. Many of the models are interactive. So there's places for children to interact with the models and have them move or march or there's a jackhammer, you know, construction worker, subway system going across. So there's a lot of interaction. So children's minds could just explore and have fun. That's cool. So let's unwrap the learning. What would be missing if the world had no Legos? Wow. A world with no Legos. Uh, to me, that creative energy and its creativity that's hands-on. So you get to build, create, do whatever you want with that Lego brick and it comes alive. Your imagination allows it to tell a story. Anytime I'm anywhere in, in the park, I'm telling stories with children. We have a friend's trail that has all of these animals on it. And one day I was walking down the friend's trail and the little girl and her family was admiring some of the animals that are, are Lego models on the trail. And I went up and started telling a story of what these animals do when all of the guests leave the park and they go on all mm. of the rides and they have just a great time. <laughs> Without the Lego models around us, we lose some storytelling. We lose some creativity. Being able to manipulate your creativity by building that model and building another model to interact with it, it's just endless possibilities. I can't imagine my life without the Lego model. I know it sounds odd for this older gentleman, but to me, it just allows me to have fun and have peace of mind and do something creative and brings me energy. So important. You know, I remember when uh, in schools, when we talk about learning literature, reading novels, and then informational reading, and certainly informational reading is really important. And that started to emerge in schools, but in some places they really cut back on reading novels. And it is when children can immerse themselves in a fictional situation that they actually start to think about, well, what would I do in that situation? And how would I feel? And they build such life skills and character just from that. And I would imagine that Legoland really provides the same sort of experience where they can start thinking about, well, what if, and how would I feel? Right. And, and everywhere you go in Legoland New York Resort, you're immersed in a storytelling opportunity. You're immersed in a creative world that children create their own energy and thought process. If they walk into the pirate land in the park and they start playing on this big Lego pirate ship, um, or they interact with this big Lego alligator that's there, they're totally immersed in the world of Lego. And because our, our brand and Merlin Entertainments who owns the Legoland park, is all inclusive, 
we have Lego figures that are in wheelchairs. We have Lego figures that are have walking sticks because they are lacking sight. There are Lego opportunities and Lego models and storytelling for everyone. Um, no one is left out at, at the park. It's an all-inclusive um, environment. We want children to all feel part of it and welcomed. Now, I'm sad to say that I've never been to Legoland, but I will be up in New York uh, in the summer. So I do plan to make a visit because you've convinced me it has to be one of the best places on earth. I think so. How many are there? So we in the United States, there are three. There's one outside of Orlando, about an hour outside of Orlando. There's one in California in the San Diego area. And then the third one is ours in New York, about an hour and a half north of New York City in the Hudson Valley of New York. So Legoland.com would get you there. Well, it won't get you there, but it'll give you more information. I love, John, that you are in a job where truly we can say you're living the dream. And could Legoland have found a more passionate employee to come and represent them? Uh, it's, it's a wonderful thing, and I wish you the best. Thank you so much, Nancy. It's always nice to see you and talk to you. You know, we've spent so many hours talking about education. And to me, this is still education. I'm still in that Absolutely. business. That's in my heart and soul. Now I do it in a storytelling environment where kids and families just having a great time. And if you've never met John Schatz, he is a great storyteller. So you have to go and look for him at Legoland New York Resort. Thanks, John. Thank you, Nancy. Well, that's a wrap. I'm glad you could join me. I hope you'll subscribe, like, and share this podcast and help me spread the word about the power of learning. Till next time.